Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. When it comes to sound effects in movies and television, there's one category that I spend a lot of time thinking about. It's what I like to call cerebral sound design. Unlike traditional sound effects that may be tied to something you see on screen, cerebral sound effects help to nudge you emotionally. They're kind of like a gray area between sound effects and music. For example, if you're watching a movie trailer and you hear a bouge, then you know something epic is about to happen. In a world of generic CGI blockbusters, one trailer sound gets butts into seats every time. Now, this sort of sound design is really obvious in trailers, but there's one genre that wouldn't be the same without these types of sounds. Reality TV. In reality shows, they use these sounds all the time to add some drama to the dialogue. For instance, there's a harsh-sounding bode symbol. Here it is on Survivor. Dreams. You have the immunity necklace. It is yours to keep or to assign to anyone else you want. There's also the reverse symbol. And lots of different types of hits. Here's a clip from the show Love is Blind. In it, you'll hear a reverse symbol going into a low hit, followed by a few thumping heartbeats. It would be selfish of me to marry you today. Knowing as much as you tell me you're ready, I see that you're not. (sighs) Pretty dramatic, right? And there's one other cerebral sound effect that I can almost guarantee you've heard. It gets used constantly, despite how bizarre it sounds. You'll usually hear it when something spooky or mysterious happens. And this sound has been haunting Hollywood for over 50 years. This story comes from one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Every Little Thing, which is hosted by Flora Lichtman. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, Flora. This is Mariana. I've been watching old episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, and there's this weird sound in it that's just kind of chilly. I just really want to know why is it so spooky and what the heck kind of instrument is making it. I hope you know the answer to this or you know people who know it. Hey, this is Flora from Every Little Thing, calling you back about the spooky sound effect. Hey! Um, I'm also hearing a sound effect in the background. (laughs) Yeah, so I have a baby. Uh, She's about five months old, and she just ate, and she was in such a good mood, and now she has hiccups. And so that's kind of the soundtrack of my life right now is these little hiccups. Do you want to play her the spooky sound you called about to see if we can scare him out of her? Oh, I'm not into torturing, but... um, (laughs) What's her name? Her name is Suzette, and we call her Susie. 
Okay, great. Well, maybe I'll ask her a question here and there. Okay. Okay. Mariana, you called about a sound that you heard on Unsolved Mysteries. So we began our investigation with the primary source. Was it an extraordinary UFO event? Judge for yourself. Okay, let me play it for you one more time. Yeah, that's my sound. It does give a particular vibe. I mean, we tried mocking up that same scene with another classic sound effect. Let's just see if you can hear the difference. Okay. Uh, okay, so it's going to be subtle, though. So I want you, to, you got to listen carefully. Okay, I can do that. Okay, here it goes. Was it an extraordinary UFO event? Judge for yourself. <laughs> that was um, alarming, but in a totally different kind of way. More like, like, like jump out of your skin, scary. Like clown scary. Yes, yes, like clown scary, exactly. Like there's just a clown behind me with one of those like squeeze tube bugle things. <laughs> So, Mariana, here's the thing. This sound. Didn't just haunt unsolved mysteries. Like ghosts, this sound is actually everywhere. Ooh, okay. It was in Star Trek. This device serves no purpose. The Matrix. Really? Back to the Future, Batman. I think I've heard of a few of these art house productions. Chinatown, Poltergeist, Dick Tracy, Alien, Jurassic Park. Containing the fossilized remains of a prehistoric mosquito. The Usual Suspects, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Black Hawk Down, Let the Right One In, X-Files, True Blood, Lost, Mummy Returns, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, A Christmas Carol, Hugo, and a whole series of movies about hobbits fighting over jewelry. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole full of worms and oozy smells. This was a hobbit hole. And that means good food. So how, are you going to tell me how they make it or are we just going to? I don't Wow. <laughs> I'm impatient. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Okay, Mariana, what do you want to know? It just doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard before, and I don't understand, like, what kind of instrument are they using to make this terrible sound? Okay, this sound comes from an instrument called a waterphone. A waterphone. A waterphone. Like, a phone that is, like, electrified, and it is in a bucket of water or something. Maybe that's too on the nose, but... I just sent you a picture. Okay. Oh, here we go. Okay, so it's like a pipe with a bunch of other pipes. I mean, I think if I found this on the street, I would think it was some kind of weird street art. Yeah, so the water phone is made up of two metal salad bowls welded together with tines sticking up around the sides. It's like the salad bowl is wearing a crown. But how does the sound actually come out? You put water in the salad bowl center, and then you play it by hitting with a mallet or running a bow against the tines. Okay. And how how old is this thing? Like, is this an ancient type of instrument, or is this a newer creation? I love that you think it's ancient, because it does look <laughs> that way. Yeah. We found someone who can resolve this mystery for you. Her name is Ramy. 
Okay, read me. The water phone was invented in a chicken coop turned welding shed in my backyard. Ramey's dad, Richard Waters, invented the water phone in 1968. He was an artist and a musician. He passed away a couple years ago. But Ramey says this is how you should picture the water phone's birthplace. Imagine you're in an indoor junkyard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like scrap metal everywhere. Uh, bits and pieces of rubber and string and rope. And he had a, like the guts of a piano in there just standing up against the wall and you could kind of play it just like like a harp almost, you know, like you could pick up the strings. Now picture Richard Waters, a little over 30 years old, brown hair with a beard, welding salad bowls together. He would just sort of slap on a pair of glasses because it can injure your eyes. So he did do that. And a leather vest. And then he would just weld out on this overhang. He's like, my arms are fine. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, and for the most part, they were. <laughs> so I'm picturing him in just a leather vest and... <laughs> jeans, jeans, like pants for sure. Yeah, okay, I have the picture. I got it. Okay, yeah. Please hold that image in your mind because these are the fertile conditions from which this sound sprung. He just sort of refined it over the years. And by the end, he had a TIG welder and was engraving his name into them like a signed piece. Why did he invent this? You know, I don't know. I, I think he saw it as an artistic endeavor. From what Ramey says, making money from the waterphone was not her dad's priority. That just wasn't his interest. He, If he had like 18 water phone orders, but he felt like going to the beach that day, he just went to the beach. <laughs> he just didn't, he just didn't care. It's weird that someone who basically didn't seem to be all that interested in business managed to parlay this instrument, this like weird instrument into something that now we've all heard. How did he manage that? I think Susie really wants to know. I know, she does. She's like, why are you making me wait so long, Flora? <laughs> Susie, I asked Ramey that very question. So how did the water phone go from your backyard to being used across Hollywood productions? I think it was word of mouth. I mean, I, there has to be like a patient zero, but I do not know who it was. But Flora did manage to find patient zero. It turns out he's a legendary percussionist who managed to get the water phone into tons of movies. Now he's in his 80s, but he still has his original water phone. And he agreed to give Flora an exclusive performance. That's coming up after the break. The hardest part of starting a business is coming up with a great idea. For every air fryer, video doorbell, or smart speaker that's sold in huge numbers, there are thousands of others that never made it. So that's the hard part. Now, here's the easy part. Selling online with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You don't need to know how to code or understand anything about design. And you definitely don't need a degree in accountancy. Just choose the template you like, upload some descriptions and images, and you're ready to start selling. You're probably already using Shopify and don't even realize it. That's because according to their own data, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. 
Huge companies like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen use Shopify, along with millions of other entrepreneurs from 175 countries around the world. Here's how you can get started. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash 20k, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash 20k now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash 20k. Congratulations to Mike Fang for getting last episode's mystery sound right. That's the sound of the time circuits turning on inside the DeLorean in Back to the Future. Here's the sound in context. First, you turn the time circuits on. This readout tells you where you're going. This one tells you where you are. This one tells you where you were. And here's this episode's mystery sound. If you know what that is, let us know by visiting the web address mystery.20k.org. Everyone who guesses it right will be entered to win a super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirt, just in time for t-shirt weather. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack. But with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com slash Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The water phone is a strange instrument that was created in the late 60s by an artist named Richard Waters. Since then, it's been used in countless movies and TV shows, often when something spooky or mysterious happens. In Star Trek The Motion Picture, there's a water phone in the scene where the crew investigates a strange, sentient craft. In Poltergeist, you can hear a water phone while the little girl stares at the haunted, flickering television. Richard Waters was obviously very talented, but he wasn't really interested in being a salesman. So the water phone might have never caught on if it wasn't for a famous percussionist who fell in love with it. Hey. Hi. Come on. I'm Flora. Thank you for having me. Meet Emil Richards, an 86-year-old percussionist who lives in L.A. His house is right between Warner Brothers and Universal Studios. And in film scoring circles, he is a celebrity. In fact, when I walked in, there was an entourage of young musicians sitting on his living room couches. Hi, sorry to interrupt your visit. Don't worry about it. So, you know why I'm here? I know why you're here. (laughs) 
The water phone. I know. Emil has played music with George Harrison, Frank Sinatra, Doris Day, Charles Mingus, Perry Como, Judy Garland, and he's worked on more than 2,000 movie scores. Holy mackerel. He's a living legend. Or in his words, a freak. I was the freak at the time. The main freak. (laughs) When I talked to Emil, he dropped the freak bomb 11 times in 24 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. But most percussionists are freaks with sound anyway, you know. Were you always a sound freak? I probably started seven, seven years old. I used to get thrown out of hardware stores. What would you do? Bang two pieces of metal together, you know, just trying to come up with a different sound that I hadn't heard before. It was annoying to... People going to a hardware store looking for drywall or something. After a while, they say, get out of here. What is that? You're making too much noise. Get out of here. And once a freak, always a freak. As an adult, Emil traveled the world collecting instruments that made different sounds he hadn't heard before. Every time I came back from a trip, my phone would ring off the hook. Composers say, what's new? I got to have the first use of it, you know. That happened all the time. Emil became the go-to person in Hollywood for new and interesting sounds. And someone who knew Richard Waters told Emil he had to hear the water phone. When I first heard it, I thought it was pretty interesting, pretty strange. And being the sound freak that I was, I had to have one. What was it about this instrument that you said? What what do you think? You tell me. No, you tell me. You're the expert. What do you think of the sound? I think it's wild. Okay, that's what I thought. And I I knew that it would enhance all the percussionist ammunition to show composers and to work with. This is how we go from patient zero to waterphone pandemic. Emil showed it off. Composers heard its weird, spooky sound, and in Emil's words... They all freaked. You know, they all freaked. He still has his water phone. Oh! Let me hear it. Okay, so if you put some water in... He took it to the kitchen sink, turned on the tap, filled it up, and played it for you. This is what it sounds like. Wow. That's with the mallet. (laughs) Do you know, do you know, like, the first time it was in a movie? Yes. It was 1971, and the movie was called The Hellstrom Chronicle. It was a documentary, and I think it was on bugs. And I just want you to get a taste of the movie. So I'm sending you a link. Okay. I see these, like... Oh, my God, is that a snake? I'm not sure what that is. It's either a snake or, like, millions of ants. It's ants. They are called Siafu, the driver ant. 
a mindless, unstoppable killing machine. Dedicated there was just some strange stuff. It was very strange uh, footage. And uh, this instrument worked really well. Driven forward through the darkness by a single demanding need within, the need to kill and plunder. Oh my God, they're building like an ant-made bridge. Oh, they're like on these rocks. Ooh, okay, I need to pause this. Yeah, pause. It's really gross. Pause. I'm going to focus back on you. <laughs> yes, focus, because that insect documentary was just the beginning. From there, the water phone spread across IMDb like a swarm of ants. Can we go back to Unsolved Mysteries? How did it end up in Unsolved Mysteries? Okay, wow. You're in luck, Mariana. There is a person who can tell us how this strange and specific instrument ended up on this strange and specific show. I was laughing at how what a narrow subject this is. It's like, will I be able to This is Gary Malkin. Say, he scored we'll Unsolved Mysteries for 14 years. Wow. Gary, thank you for scaring me as a child. <laughs> oh my god, well it's payback cuz I used to get scared by the guy who did Perry Mason in the 60s. <laughs> da, 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 the trill and then da da and then stop. That, right? And it was so fucking, oh, pardon me, I shouldn't say that. It was so it was so startling. I, I would have to agree. <laughs> so Gary wanted to startle the shit out of his own audience, but instead of using trilling violin stabs, he had another tool. The water foam was a prime example of the kind of thing we did to establish that there was something foreboding and unknown and unexplainable uh, that was coming into the scene. And nothing could do it better than these kinds of sounds. So Mariana... Do you have a theory about why the water phone is creepy? Like what it is about that sound that makes it work? Um, I bet it works because it's not something that any of us have ever heard. It's not something that we can say, oh, that's just a violin. Don't worry about it. Because it's not anything, you know, you learned about in music class. That's actually very close to Gary's theory. A lot of what makes things chilling and scary, and a lot of the reasons why the water phone has been so effective is it can um, go between all the lines of, uh, of the scale that we've determined in Western music as, you know, the 12 tones, right? So we go C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C is the normal diatonic scale. And most Western music is based around those notes. Uh-huh. So the waterphone has the full spectrum of sound and floats through it quite freely. The waterphone doesn't stick to the scale that most people are used to. When you alter that, just right out the gate, you're dealing with something that frightens people because it's so out of their context. It's so out of their context of understanding of what that is, right? And that's one of the things that scares the shit out of people. If you listen to Unsolved Mysteries and you were accustomed to atonal music, would it be um, just like a happy show, not scary at all? <laughs> a sitcom? <laughs> That's a great question. I love that. Well, in a way, now it's so retro that it is funny. <laughs>
In 2020, Netflix rebooted Unsolved Mysteries. In the new version, there are lots of spooky sound design moments like this. And some of them definitely have that atonal waterphone vibe. There are lots of layers in that sound, and it's pretty hard to tell if there's an actual waterphone or just some kind of dissonant synthesizer. Either way, it's clear that the spine-tingling sounds of the waterphone have inspired a whole generation of composers and sound designers. So why does it work so well? Gary has a theory. I think it has something to do with our relationship to suffering and the human voice, right? So the ultimate and in some ways very easy way to get people afraid is to move into a sound texture that imitates a level of groaning, of, of sobbing, of moaning, of haunting, of... The water phone is another expression of the cry. And by the way, I've never said these words before, so I'm totally extemporizing. But it makes sense to me that sound that we're most afraid of are the sounds of grief and loss because most people are terrified of death, loss, and illness. And these sounds remind us of the things we most are afraid of. Hmm. It's my theory, and I never said it before this moment. So there. You know what it reminds me of a little bit also is like sad sounds that like either babies make or like the weird, creepy sound that cats make like. The low meow. Yeah, exactly. Is there a cat in the background right now? Is there a cat meowing on cue? We we thought that she'd be quieter if I put her away and that has not worked out very well. So what do you think? Mystery un-unsolved? Yeah, definitely. Mystery un-unsolved. I actually think the sound feels less scary now to me. I'll have to see when I watch Unsolved Mysteries again. That story came from the podcast Every Little Thing. Every week on the show, they answer listener questions like, why do auctioneers talk the way they do? Is it weird to be nice to Alexa? And how did baseball games and organ music first get teamed up? To learn the answers, subscribe to Every Little Thing on Spotify. 20,000 Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. To hear some of the work that our team does outside of this podcast, follow DeFacto Sound on Instagram. Every Little Thing is produced by Aaron Reese, Phoebe Flanagan, Annette Heist, and Flora Lichtman. With help from Nicole Pasulka and Doug Barron. Our consulting editors are Caitlin Kenny and Jorge Just. Scored by Dara Hirsch and Bobby Lord. Mixed by Dara Hirsch. Special thanks to Brooks Hubbard. Thanks for listening. Thank you.